0: The Northeast Newscast is brought to you by the Northeast News, the voice of historic Northeast Kansas City since 1932. Interested in helping promote your business while also keeping the voice of the Northeast alive? Advertise with the Northeast News today by calling 816-241-0765 or by emailing northeastnews at socket.net. Thank you for listening, thank you for reading, and enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the latest edition of the Northeast Newscast. I'm your host, Paul Thompson, and I'll be joined this week by our first ever second time guest, Kansas City Museum Executive Director Anna Marie Teterra. We rendezvous to record the podcast at 800 Broadway, where the Kansas City Museum has recently opened up a new satellite space right across the street from the historic Garment District Museum at 801 Broadway. Tutera and the museum have big plans for that new space, and we spend the beginning part of the episode talking about exactly what those are. From there, we get into the museum's planned July 27th community meeting, at which the public will have an opportunity to learn more about and provide input on parking solutions for when the restoration and renovation of Corinthian Hall is complete in 2019. Speaking of the restoration and renovation of Corinthian Hall, we also touch a little bit on construction and what that schedule will look like moving forward. And we in the interview talking about the tree that fell down on the gate outside the museum during last weekend's vicious storm. I'm sure you've heard enough from me for now. So without further ado, my conversation with Kansas City Museum Executive Director Anna Marie Tatera. Thanks for listening. All right, I'm here with Marie Totera, Executive Director of the Kansas City Museum. Thank you for your time.
1: You are welcome.
0: Before we get too far into this, I think we should stop and point out that you're actually our first two-time guest of the Northeast Newscast. So how does that feel?
1: Awesome. I feel very special.
0: <laughs> well, you're, you are very special, <laughs> and, and I appreciate you taking the time to uh, join us again. And uh, let's get right to it then. We're actually s- not at the Kansas City Museum right now. You might be able to tell. Our voices are echoing a little bit. Um, We're at the Garment Museum or the, I guess, the auxiliary space. Can you maybe talk to uh, our listeners about where we are and why we're here?
1: Yes. So right now we are at 800 Broadway Mm -hmm. um, in a historic building that um, was renovated um, probably, gosh, maybe 10 years ago or so. Um, That looks great in here. It looks incredible in here. So this is, we are in the first floor of 800 Broadway Building, and it is across the street from 801 Poindexter, which is where the original Historic Garment District Museum resides. Uh, The Parks and Recreation Department took over the operation and management of the Garment District Museum back in 2015. Mm -hmm. It was founded in 2002 by Anne Brownfield and Harvey Mm Freed, and in 2015 they were ready to retire. And so they entrusted us with the space. They also um, donated the entire collection of Kansas City made garments and accessories.
0: What does that to collection the look like? Kansas
1: City Museum uh, collection, it's incredible. <laughs> we are in the process right now of cataloging all of that. But it was really um, an important collection of garments and accessories for us to acquire because we have, the Kansas City Museum has, um, one of the best collections uh, in the Midwest, of clothing, textiles, and costumes. Mm-hmm. So it just seemed like a natural fit for us to be able to acquire that collection of Kansas City-made garments
2: mm-hmm.
1: and to run the Garment District Museum. So we have been doing so every Saturday since 2000. Um, And at about that same time that we took over the Garment District Museum, we started to realize that we may need a space from which to operate when Corinthian Hall went under construction. So we kind of had our eye on this building and this space in particular because of its historic significance. Because of its proximity to the Garment Park, right. we thought that could be an extension um, space for us to events, do outdoor events, events and yeah. programs, mm-hmm. and because it's directly across the street from the Poindexter building.
0: So uh, how long was it, uh, uh, you, you're over there in the Poindexter building across the street, how long until you, your eyes start wandering uh, across over here at this space and, and wondering what if?
1: Pretty pretty immediately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can imagine. Pretty immediately. Mm -hmm. Knowing that we would need more space, um, knowing that construction was, knowing that we were beginning the design process. Um, and master planning process for the museum. I mean, it's important for us to always think long-term. Mm-hmm. And um, we have some pretty big, bold dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just saw this as great potential um, for the future. So here we are now in 2017, and we have secured this first space and we will be opening it to the public on August 23rd oh,
2: Excellent. and so we'll be
1: running both gallery spaces I call them right now I call them staff calls them 801 Poindexter and 800 Broadway so we Sounds have two, two gallery <laughs> spaces that will um, comprise the overall uh, historic garment district museum experience
0: so will you consider this an extension of the Historic Garment District Museum? Yes. Okay, and cool. And
1: we consider it as an expansion all right, of that yeah, there museum go. at this point in time.
0: Cool. And I guess I can set the stage a little bit for our listeners. They'll have an opportunity to get here themselves soon enough, I guess within a month. Um, but you're, it's all wood floors, really high beautiful ceilings, pillars, uh, big giant windows that look out over Broadway. It really is a neat venue. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what kind of events you're planning for here?
1: Absolutely. So we are going to open on August 23rd with an installation of quilts from our collection Mm -hmm. and then also a couple of quilts on loan. We're still in the process of uh, developing that installation. Mm-hmm. We also are going to present um, an installation by Madeline Gallucci um, as part of the 20th anniversary events for Charlotte Street Foundation. Oh sure. She's going to be doing a painting on this curved wall over here that um, resonates with our quilts. Mm-hmm. She's come into the collection She's taken a look at some of the quilts and been inspired by the patterns and the colors. And so she is um, doing a custom work of art here in this space. Um, On October 21st, we open our first... um, major special exhibition that'll run through the end of February. It's called Suiting Up, Mm -hmm. Tailored Menswear in Kansas City from 1900 to
2: 2017. (laughs) That's pretty
1: cool. It's really great. So we'll be looking at iconic styles in Kansas City.
0: How many of those styles are coming back into style That's
1: exactly right. right. So we're going to be partnering with uh, Paolini Garment Company, Mm -hmm. owned by Tom Paolini. Tom's going to be our lead curator on this show. He is going to be making some custom pieces. Um, we're going to have some vignettes or scenes. Um, we're going to have clothing from our historic collection, mm-hmm. historical collection, and then um, custom pieces. Uh, by Tom.
2: Cool. Um,
1: so we'll be looking at also this idea of the return of the gentleman, kind right. of what men are wearing now, why men are returning to tailored garments, right. what that means to have access to a luxury clothier, Right. what did that mean back in um, the 1900s <laughs> to um, have custom suits made. Um, And exploring some of the um, iconic men in Kansas City as well. So that'll be a really fun show. Um, We are also uh, partnering with Gladstone Elementary. Mm -hmm. They have an after-school STEM fashion program. Oh, yeah. We did
0: a little story about about this in the spring. Yeah, absolutely. So
1: we are scheduling six field trips. For the students to come here.
0: So, as hopefully, part of to that derive program. some infor- uh, some inspiration.
1: Yes, yeah, so they'll learn about the history of the Garment District. They'll get to meet curators and cool. educators, do some hands on activities here, and we're going to design that in coordination with the staff at Gladstone um, Elementary and, and Link. Okay, cool. Um, we'll be doing other uh, programs um, and events such as um, partnering with the West 18th Street Fashion Show. Mm -hmm. Um, That fashion show is held in June annually, Um, and we are going to be working with them to do some programming leading up to that fashion show. In particular, we're going to be exploring the immigrants who worked in the garment district, where they came from, where they worked, what kind of work they did. Hmm. Um, We are going to be uh, working with the Labuddy Special Collection, with the Glamour Collection, the Gay and Lesbian Archives of Uh Mid-America. Glamour has 2D materials. We have 3D materials that kind of round out that collection. Mm. And so we're going to be working um, in collaboration to do an exhibition in the spring using those materials. Um, So we have a lot going on. Right.
0: It's almost surprising how much you already have on deck here. I know. um,
1: We still have a lot of development to do, but we'll be doing that over the next couple of months. We're having Fairy Princess here. Oh, really? Yes.
0: And I I think most of our listeners will be familiar with the Fairy Princess program. Uh, That's something that... I was surprised. I covered for the first time last year. Yeah. All the pomp and circumstance. I think it was pretty cool, and it actually made for some awesome photos. So, yeah, so I'm excited for that for my selfish reasons. But, We're uh,
1: really yeah. excited. So yeah, the fairy princess will be here. Um, I think it's the 13th through the 16th. Okay. Um, so, so you're gonna bring him so down through the
0: freight <laughs> elevator. Go ahead.
1: Hey, that's not a bad idea.
0: There we go. You can have that. (laughs) All right. Yeah, no trademark. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) But cool. Well, it sounds like you have a a lot scheduled. Uh, And we had talked before we started uh, on the record here about sort of the Mm long-term plans. Um, So I wanted to ask for the sake of our listeners. Sure. um, What your plan is for once Corinthian Hall is, or the construction and renovation is complete there. Do you anticipate keeping this space if so, for how long, or do you do you want to just kind of play that by ear?
1: Well, I think that, I mean that's a great question. Um, as a priority, we're in this space during the duration of construction mm-hmm. on Corinthian Hall, so we have a place. To operate from sure what I can tell you is that we have made a commitment to run and operate the garment district museum which at the time that we made that commitment was the poindexter sure. space so that will continue whether or not we continue in this space is really to be determined mm-hmm. my hope is that we do an excellent job that um, residents downtown see this as a space that they would would like To um, have continue.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Certainly, if funders made it possible for us to stay here past construction, we would absolutely consider that. But I think right now um, we're going to do the best that we can Mm -hmm. in this space over the next couple of years and kind of just see what happens. The priority is kansas city museum right. at 3218 gladstone and,
0: and that neighborhood over there we have
1: and to make sure that we have all the resources that are needed to fully operate and sustain what we are building you're not going to pull
0: from 3218 gladstone in order to make this space no. uh,
1: more amenable I no think. we can't do that it's, right. our priority is is the 3218 gladstone space um, this will be a great space for us in the interim, and then we 'll like i said we 'll see we 'll see what happens
0: cool well i wanted that 's a great transition then because I wanted to ask you about that thirty two eighteen Gladstone space and the meeting that you 're going to have on thursday the twenty seventh yes now as i understand it you 're going to have an opportunity you 're going to be outside yes. for that meeting so and the, but there will be tents and bottled waters and whatnot for people who want to come in and you 'll show them some plans or potential plans yes. for what you 're looking at
1: exactly so we'll this will
0: be their first opportunity to really see something that 's somewhat fully formed there right?
1: well it 's right. not well that 's the thing it 's not nothing has been fully formed okay. so what they 're going to see is um, Parking layout concepts. Okay. About four different options.
2: Will
0: they have the option to maybe kind of pick and choose yes. and put stickers on yes. the ones they like? That's okay, exactly that's what we exactly what okay. we're aiming for. There we go. Yeah, Perfect.
1: because no actual design development. Um, Or engineering has happened for anything because Mm -hmm. we are really just in the conceptual phase, Mm -hmm. what we call the discovery phase. So this is an opportunity to get us closer Mm -hmm. to understanding what the final parking solution will be for cars and for school and tour buses. That's what we're focused on um, right now and for this meeting on Thursday. We will have subsequent meetings where we talk about walkability, access by bikes, um, using shuttles Uh to get to the museum, understanding public transportation, um, how buses get to the museum. We'll have other opportunities to discuss more transportation plans, Um, even things like signage. There's no signage on any highway getting you to the Kansas City Museum. Right. So how do we install that before 2019? Right. So we have a lot that we need to develop over the next two years. We are starting with um, cars and school buses, Mm -hmm. tour buses. So
0: they need to have a place to turn around. The buses need to.
1: The buses have to have, in particular, they have to have a place to unload and to park. And we're going to also have to chart out pathways for buses to get to the museum and to be able to unload um, safely from the right side um, onto... A sidewalk and and get the kids directly into the museum without having to cross streets and all of that.
0: So I guess what the issue is right now with the one way the way it is is that when you open it up on the right they'll be in somebody's yard or up on the side of the parkland over there. Yes.
1: So we have a a parking layout Mm -hmm. um, that we will show on Thursday Mm -hmm. for um, buses and then the other parking layouts um, use existing street parking and convert it into angled parking in various locations. So
0: that would probably, what, you'd have to widen it a little bit?
1: Yeah, for, for yes. For a street like um, Mm Walrond, we would have to widen it if we chose to use both sides of that street for angled parking, for example. So to do the necessary modifications that allow for um, accessible spaces, that allow for angled parking, that allow for security, lighting, streetscaping. All that takes time to design and engineer, so right now the architects have just gone through the process of exploring concepts that we can share with the public and see what people think at this stage, people h- will have the opportunity, just like you said to put stickers next to layouts that they really like to provide other input,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, provide other ideas. This really has to be like every other part of our process, it has to be done in coordination right,
2: with it needs the community to be
1: it has to be inclusive and and the parking solution has to be supported
0: All right well, how much um how much importance and emphasis will be placed upon the will of the people when it comes to this parking plan? I mean, do you take the number, you know, the one that is preferred by the public at this meeting and run with that? Do you have another meeting to kind of narrow down the options that are, you know, the one or two top options? What's the plan from after this meeting?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So we'll, we'll um, assess what all of the input and feedback back is. And then we will also take into consideration um, what we think is best Mm -hmm. for the museum, um, what we think we might be able to afford. We don't have cost estimates right now because we haven't gone through design development. Sure. Um, But we're gonna have to have another meeting where we come back to the community as a project team and say, based on feedback and based on other factors, Here is what we think is going to be the very best plan for the museum. Mm -hmm. And meaning for the visitors who come to the museum. You know, we are building the city's history museum. This museum is intended to serve the greater metropolitan area. It's a local and regional museum. It's going to be a regional attraction. So we have to really think about... In particular, people who are not familiar with the museum. Mm -hmm. How do they get to the museum? How do they feel comfortable parking?
0: People in the neighborhood understand all these issues already, but somebody who's coming in from Independence or Lenexa or Johnson County maybe is coming there for the first time.
1: Absolutely. And in addition to that, we also have to make sure that um, we are making the least amount of negative impact Mm -hmm. on our neighbors. This is a challenging situation. Having a major public institution in a residential neighborhood, it's never easy. Mm -hmm. This will not be the first time um, or the last time that we engage neighbors and engage the public to say, hey, we think we need to make this modification. Let's talk about how we're going to do that. And that's our responsibility to to do that as a public institution Mm -hmm. in a residential neighborhood. I'm confident that we'll find a parking solution.
2: Um,
1: It's just going to take time. This is why we're starting now. Because as much as I look at the next two years and I think, oh, we have plenty of time. We're moving into exhibit design and development. (laughs) Then I kind of have a panic attack thinking about how fast the next two years are going to go and just how much there is to do in the next two years.
0: Speaking of, I guess, it's it's worth mentioning now that, I mean, we're coming up on, I guess, the start line or the finish line. I don't know how you want to think of it, but uh, Corinthian Hall is pretty much set to close?
1: It's really exciting. We are still aiming for September.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and that will, it'll, it'll start with demo mm-hmm. that needs to happen in the space. And then uh, full engagement of restoration and renovation. We're trying to understand now how they're going to tackle it. You know, mm-hmm. do they go floor by floor? Do they kind of you know do do all floors at one time doing Mm -hmm. different pieces um we don't know yet we will we will learn more um over the next month or so right as they go through the bidding process as well for all the work that needs to happen on the project
0: but it sounds like you expect the renovation and restoration to be well underway in 2017
1: Oh, absolutely! What yes. might
0: the public see if they walk past the museum? I mean, will they see work crews out there? Will they yes. be kind of inside? Or?
1: Um, I think they're gonna. Well, they're gonna see um, construction trucks and staging areas, and um, yes, if 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 the team decides to do exterior work first, mm-hmm. they'll see people working on the exterior. Um, cool. People will also have the opportunity to watch the progress because we are going to have a construction cam.
2: Wow, okay, cool. So
1: we are going to be launching a website in August.
0: And what will it be called?
1: Makingamuseumkc.org. Okay. Great. And on that website, you will learn about the Making a Museum KC campaign. Sure. You'll get to see our visitor experience plan really come to life, Mm -hmm. so you'll get a chance to understand how we will tell the stories of Kansas City's history um, and development, and you will get a chance to watch the progress through the construction cam. So we're we're excited about that, and I, I suspect that that construction cam will be implemented probably sometime October November once they really get in there and get right underway. you
0: don't want it it'll be kind of boring if there's only one or two people running yes. in and out and getting yep. set up yeah you want it to to really show construction in earnest i'm sure
1: yeah and we want to be able to sh- to have interviews with The um, craftspeople.
2: Mm -hmm. We want to be able
1: to explore what they're doing. We are also going to be working with an artist named Renee Mm Cinderhouse who is creating an exhibit called Witness.
2: Okay.
1: And she is. Uh, creating these figurative sculptures that will live in the construction site, <laughs> and you can view them um, through the construction cam, and they'll probably pop, pop up in different mm. um, rooms. You'll
0: move them around as construction moves?
1: Or they will move themselves.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: okay.
0: Interesting. <laughs> well, cool. Neat. But this is obviously a very exciting time. Yes. Um, but, you know, I'll... <laughs> Uh, I'll just throw my opinion out there. You know, I think there was a time there this summer where I was a little concerned about whether or not the funds would be in place to even get the ball rolling on construction. Uh, And and so I'll ask you, uh, now that city council has approved those funds, you can be honest with us. Yes. How worried were you about the possibility of having funding revoked or delayed?
1: I think I was more concerned... That funding was going to be delayed, right. then revoked. Sure. I mean, I really do believe
0: there were some tense moments. Yes, like, there yeah. were
1: some. Yes, there were some nights that were a little bit more agonizing than others. Right, and some know, mornings at City <laughs> Hall where
0: yeah, I, I was probably yes. pretty bleary-eyed. Yes. So.
1: But, at the, but still, I mean, and maybe this is because I am, you know, always optimistic sure. and always hopeful. But I, I also really believe that city council members understand the importance of the Kansas City Museum. Right. They truly understand how hard mm-hmm. um, many, many people over many, many decades have worked right. to get us to this point, mm-hmm. and they understand the importance of having a museum that focuses on the city's history and right. cultural heritage. Most thriving cities have a history museum of the city's history and its people. Kansas City has a history museum. Mm -hmm. It's time to re-embrace it, to bring it back, and we have a collection you can't ignore that for 77 years we've been building an incredible collection, over 100,000 objects Mm -hmm. that document and interpret Kansas City's History, Right. And so that is a major cultural asset.
0: Sure. And the other thing you don't want to ignore is if they had delayed funding, I think that would have really flown in the face with everything that they said they wanted yes. in a Geobond project. Yes. They're looking at shovel-ready projects that leverage private and, and public financing and You really hit that to a T at the Kansas City Museum. So I think there would be a lot of confusion about what City Hall really wants if they had delayed funding for a project that was already had a contractor in house.
1: We certainly met all of the top criteria, and that's what
0: they said they wanted. So if they had changed it at the eleventh hour, then you wonder what the priorities really are.
1: Correct, and we really, um, we've really been working hard over the past two years to get to this point. Mm -hmm. You know it. I know sometimes for the public, when you're in a process where there is comprehensive planning, Mm -hmm. sometimes people say, enough with the planning, just move to action. But there is so much action that takes place in this planning stage. This is a major endeavor, this is a multi-year project to fully renovate this property into a 21st century museum. And we take that responsibility very carefully because this museum has to be sustainable.
0: Right, and people talk about planning as it's uh, it's an inconvenience, but I'll I'll tell you what, I've seen throughout Kansas City, if you don't have the planning, then people long for it. Right. So, yeah.
1: And we've done not just architectural design planning, but institutional planning. We have a strategic plan, a business plan. These planning documents are so important, in particular for museum projects like this. And so when you do that level and that depth of planning, it does really yield incredible results. It does get you to that next level of implementation. And it does take time because in addition to doing the architectural design planning, a staff of six was still operating the museum. Sure. Programs and events and exhibitions, mm-hmm. you know, that's a lot for a very small team. Right. And we're really proud of being able to provide that um, the, the type of quality programming that we have without the opportunity to really present our objects. Right. So now we're moving into a whole new era where we are going to be designing exhibitions and programs and experiences with the full engagement of our collection and that is so exciting to understand how artifacts are going to inhabit that space and for people to Experience our collection. Right at the museum and through interactive digital technologies.
0: Hey, and speaking of, people will be able to see the fruits of that work uh, yes. on the construction cam as it's happening. Yes, right? absolutely. So there we go. Let's bring that back around. Yes. Um, well, uh, you've obviously been very generous with your time today, so I'll end it here. I wanted to ask you about the storm damage from the weekend. Yes. Uh, there was a tree down. That was one of the iconic photos that came out of that, and there was a lot of photos around the northeast of, of limbs down, yes. uh, people without power, things of that. Nature. Describe what the museum will do from here, as it relates to taking, you know, cleaning up that tree, fixing that fence. Uh, what's the process like?
1: Yes. Well, unfortunately, we're in a little bit of um, a bind right now because KCP&L hasn't shown up.
0: You still don't have power.
1: We still don't have power, wow. and so we're waiting because we had a massive walnut tree um, on the east side of the property near the perimeter. Um, fence mm-hmm. completely uproot. Wow. And it fell onto the fence, did minimal damage, which wow. is amazing <laughs> to me, um, but fell on top of, as well, a pole. Oh, wow. And so lines are down, and so we cannot get in there mm. to deal with the tree and the cleanup of that until KCP&L comes to address the pull
2: okay. and the
1: wires that are down. Sure. So we are anxiously awaiting for KCP&L to show up. Then p- the park's crew will come in. And they're going to be working with urban lumber. Mm-hmm. And so the goal is to be able to save a portion of the trunk oh, okay. and be able to reuse it. Oh, okay, And that has been, from the beginning of this project, mm-hmm. um, one of our intentions and values. Okay. That as we go through the process, and we'll have to do this next, mm-hmm. of assessing all the trees on yeah. the property... Trim em. To understand the health of those trees. But any tree that needs to come down, mm-hmm. we will um, reuse. Okay.
2: Cool. In
1: interiors, um, I imagine being able to use the wood for furniture. Sure. Maybe museum benches. Cool, on yeah, the outside, that'd be really neat. On the inside. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, it's a really important way of still being able to reuse um, those trees. And, and, um, In keeping with R.A. Long and his business.
2: Yeah,
0: there we go. The Lumber Baron, right? Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, So as it relates to the fence, uh, you said that there's minimal damage?
1: Minimal damage It's incredible. That (laughs) wrought iron is so strong. But we will have to make whatever repair Mm -hmm. we can to um, the uh, portion that essentially it was dented.
0: Does that come out of Parks and Rec budget?
1: It'll come out of... um, It'll come up out of our mill levy budget. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. because we use our mill levy for capital repairs. Okay, so there
0: are funds available in there to kind of make those. Yeah, retro-
1: I think what I'm going to have to do is I also just, you know, we've, right now, we've always said that the second stage is the carriage house, mm-hmm. the third stage is the remaining existing buildings and the perimeter fence and
2: gates.
1: Right. So I want to I look at that fence and gate again,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, we will probably continue to keep it in stage three, mm-hmm. but I think we're going to have to understand how to um, fix what's been damaged mm-hmm. um, in a way that it doesn't look so dramatically different
2: sure.
1: um, you know the rest of the fence and gates. All
0: right. Well, yeah, best luck with that. Best of luck on getting power back. I understand that you did have a Making Museum tour scheduled for Wednesday. I assume if there's no power that you won't do that. (laughs) You won't be able to get in there. We
1: have to cancel it, unfortunately. Tomorrow was supposed to be our last public tour from 3 to 4 and we are going to cancel it and we will reschedule it. We'll probably have to reschedule it for very beginning of
0: August. So you'll do one more just to make sure that the public has their final opportunity before yes. everything gets closed.
1: Yes. Okay. Absolutely. But not tomorrow because we're assuming we still won't have uh, power tomorrow.
0: There we go. Well, you heard it here first um, but I think that's it for the interview. I appreciate it. Thank and you. Best of luck getting power. I know you guys don't want to be uh, sweating in there too much. No. So so I, I appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate you showing me the new digs here at 800 Broadway, and I appreciate you being uh, the first two-time guest. Thank Northeast you. Northeast I'm newscast. honored. Thank you for the time, and I uh, appreciate you being here. Okay,
1: thank you. Hey, thank you. Bye. Bye.
0: That is it for this week's edition of the Northeast Newscast. Thanks again to Anna Marie Tatera, Executive Director of the Kansas City Museum, and congratulations on the badge of honor you got for serving as our first two-time guest here at the northeast newscast thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week